Vaccine Watch on Ireland's Classic Hits. And I'm joined in the studio by our uh, assistant producer and researcher, Ruth, who is going to give us the update on where we're going with the vaccines. I don't think it's great news, Ruth, is it? Uh, No, it's not fantastic, but it could be worse, I suppose. It could always be worse. It could always be worse. So we had 61,686 done last week. Okay. So overall, we have six, as of Monday, we have 690,449 doses administered. Yep. So that is 503,796 first doses and 186,653 second doses. Okay. So 10% of the population have their first dose. Almost 4% are fully vaccinated is what we're looking at. Okay, when we compare that to other countries, that's pretty bad. It's not great, but... No, I mean, when I was only looking this morning, the figures say, for example, for the UK and the United States, now I know we can't compare them because they're not part of Europe anymore, uh, but 48 people per 100 in the UK have already had the first dose. 38 people per 100 or 37 in the United States have already had their first dose. I don't know what the second dose figures are. Um, yeah, and does Biden, the- Biden did double what he promised. Yeah, well, they said to be flying along. Well, I mean, they're giving them out in car parks and supermarkets now with the state, like Smarties. Anyway, uh, where are we going from now? I and mean, what's the promises going forward? Have we had some good promises? Or does it look like it's going to be ramped up, as Stephen says? So, ramped up? No. So, the figures for next week is somewhere between 95,000 and 105,000. So, that's basically what they've been promising to do over the last while anyway, and haven't really been hitting. Um, so we're still doing the over 70s. There's between 75 and 85 and 80,000 of them to be done next week through GPs. Right. And then there's still people in long-term residential care. There's about 5,000 of them for next week. And then people who are very high at risk in cohort four are 15 to 20,000 of them are next week as well. I know speaking earlier this week, uh, the EU Commissioner, uh, President uh, Ursula von Underline, outlined that the projections for deliveries over the next three months, the Johnson & Johnson is suspected to, uh, expected to deliver 55 million doses. Now, we get 1.1% of all the EU dosages, yeah. uh, which still doesn't mean that we're going to hit our target. The target, of course, for the first quarter of the year was to get 1.1 million people vaccinated. Uh, I don't think we're going to reach that target or anywhere close to that target. No, and they still haven't even confirmed when Johnson & Johnson is even going to arrive in Ireland. So it's looking a little bit hit and miss with that. But hopefully their promise of June, 80% of people, hopefully that will. And what's Johnson the story? Okay, so the Johnson Johnson they're hoping to get uh, to get soon. But what's the story on the Sputnik vaccine? Is that is, is that still on the on the cards? It's still on the cards. They're still trying to approve it, but I don't... There's. There's no updates yet. Okay. It's still going through the process. Okay, and, and there's been shocking stories. I mean, I know because Fergal Bowers there suggested on Sunday that I'm going to find the actual tweet here from Fergal Bowers because I want to obviously quote him directly because he looks at the graph. Oh, this is, a, oh, here it is here. RT News last Sunday under the National Vaccination Programme, six, six second doses of the vaccine were administered. Six. Yeah. In the whole country. No, that doesn't include the first doses that were probably given out on that day as well. Absolutely. That's only the second dose. Yeah, I'm going to look. I'll tell you exactly what it was. The first doses was 2,843. But in one day, 2,843 and six doses of the second vaccine. Yeah. That's very disappointing, isn't it? In one day. Now, unfortunately, that is the lowest number on any day. But six even on one day is very, very disappointing. Now, maybe that was to do with the, obviously, the, yeah, the AstraZeneca. The delays and all that. The delays. Yeah. yeah, OK, maybe, maybe. Maybe I'm underplaying that or overplaying that a little bit. Anyway, listen, thank you very much indeed, Ruth. I appreciate you giving the update. Also, I want to go to Dr. Dermot Quinlan, uh, Medical Director of the Irish College of General Practitioners. Good afternoon to you, Dermot. Good afternoon, Niall. I mean, what is happening? I mean, the, the landscape, I suppose, at the moment of what's happening with Ireland regards the GPs or where the rollout is with GPs at the moment. Are GPs generally happy enough? I mean, is the rollout going well from a GP's perspective? 
GPs are finding it a fantastic uh, vaccine rollout. Um, you know, we are finding that our older patients, and we're, we've vaccinated the vast majority of, of over 85s, and we're working our way down through our cohorts of older patients. And the joy and excitement that these older citizens feel when they get their vaccine, Niall, is just incredible. It really is. Like I know, it's like injecting freedom into their arm, isn't it? I mean, that, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So GPs, yes, there are supply chain difficulties, but that is that, that, that we, we are all at the end of a supply chain across Europe mm-hmm. and uh, GPs are managing. So as soon as we get the vaccine, like we're giving it the same day, next day or within two or three days. Cause are know, they are they getting the supply they're actually ordering? I mean, when, when they're setting up. So I, I don't know exactly what the protocol is and how they do it, but I'm assuming they contact a certain amount of their, their the criteria that, you know, the people over the age of 80 or whatever it is, uh, set up an appointment for them. Then they contact the HSC and say, listen, we have so many appointments next week for this. Can we have this? Amount? I'm assuming that's the way it's done. Are they getting the supply? The vast majority of practices are getting their supply on time and in the doses required, um, and that, that that works fantastically then for the vast majority of patients and, and GP practices. There are a small number where there have been supply chain issues at the last moment, um, but they are few and far between, and the HSE work really hard to remedy those as quickly as possible. So for most of our older patients, you know, um, it's working really well, and GP practices are moving down to the age cohorts because these are the most vulnerable patients. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and what, what's happening in their own practice? I've heard suggestion during the week, I think it was from one particular GP, said that they've suggested that administering the vaccine takes up a lot of their clinic time. Um, you know, and has that been the case for some, and I suppose as, as according to accelerate the rollout of the vaccines, is that going to be worse for them for their own practices? I, I suppose, you know, we we start with the over 85s and these are these are a group of vulnerable older people who many hadn't been outside their home for months and it was wonderful to see them coming in and obviously these people are older and it takes more time for them to take off their coats and then we give it and it's fantastic to meet these patients who we've looked after many of them for decades and yes it does take a bit of time and then we need to keep monitoring them for 15 minutes afterwards mm-hmm. so yes it does take time but you know that's what GPs are here for, and that's what we. But we, does that affect when we talk about non-COVID related illnesses and G, you know people wanting to go to the GP for the sore throats or whatever it happens to be, or the infections or the chest infections or whatever else? Is that taking up a lot of time in their own practice? Are they finding a difficulty? Is what I'm trying to ask. I, I suppose. I, I suppose one of the, one of the, the the benefits of the pandemic is that we, with all the social distancing, we see a lot less infectious disease in young people and children. So that does free up some capacity. Yes, there are capacity constraints in general practice, and you know, we have a shortage of GPs and practice nurses in Ireland. Um, but at an individual patient level, uh, you know, we make the time to do these many practices are doing it when they get it in the evenings and the weekends. They're giving the COVID vaccines that are older patients. Um, and as we move down to the age cohort, uh, the patients get more fit and so that it takes less time for the patients to come in and out of the practice. Um, so it, it does take time, but we would value this time and think it's a really important part of general practice is playing a really important part in protecting the older citizens of this state. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that in terms of the admissions into hospital. We've seen it in nursing homes. The, you know, the figures there are vastly better. Um, you know, so this is a, a highly contagious vaccine. Um, the vaccine that we're using is the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine, which are very safe, highly effective. And how are they, how are they getting on, by the way, with the, with the Pfizer vaccine in particular? I suppose it has to be you know, refrigerated at a certain temperature, etc., etc. And I'm sure there's yeah. restrictions around AstraZeneca so as well. In my, in my, 
in my practice, we got it last Wednesday, uh, not last Wednesday, but the Wednesday before, and we, on Patrick's day, it arrived, and I took delivery of it on Patrick's morning, and the HSE people from Cold Chain were on time and on schedule and get, delivered the correct amount, um, and we gave it to our patients then on Thursday. How long, so, can you, how long can you keep that for? It's just 120 hours from when it leaves the fridge in Dublin, so it does need a lot of coordination uh, in right. terms of... You know, so it needs a, a and you have to keep vaccine. that refrigerated for that time as well. Yeah, we, it, we keep it in our standard vaccine fridge, and we all okay. have the correct fridge with temperature control and all of that. So we are well able for all of that. You know, okay, and uh, it's going to be easier, I suppose, when the um, Johnson and Johnson one comes in because there isn't we would that time frame. To Johnson and Johnson, yeah, and it's one shot as well, of course, as well. It's one shot. A- anybody way. who's listening, by the way, at home who is currently you know in the, the the category that's being vaccinated at the moment that they haven't heard from their GP and thinks that they may have been overlooked, for example, what advice would you give them? So they haven't been overlooked, um, but we, as we just discussed, like we have a very tight timeline. So we contact people when we know for sure. Like in my practice, we expect to get a delivery next Wednesday, but we won't know for sure probably till Monday. So as soon as we get confirmation from the HSE 48 hours in advance, then we start ringing uh, the next cohort of patients and we offer them a time and a place and a date for their vaccine. Um, so we would say, please don't ring your GP that, you know, we, we will contact you. And maybe check the GP website, but our lines are need to be kept free for people who are sick, so they can contact their GP to to make appointments. Um, so you know we are working our way down through the age okay. cohort, okay. and we will get to these people. You know, two two more things just before second. you go. I mean, what would you say to people just to alleviate any fears of vaccine? And I, and I don't want to go down the anti-vaccination route, but certainly vaccine hesitancy particularly with the news last week with AstraZeneca, which certainly doesn't build people's confidence in a vaccine, even though we've been told, of course, that it is safe. What would you say to people just to alleviate any fears that they have if they've been kind of looking online a lot lately? I, I think the, the pause that the HSE and other countries uh, across Europe did for the AstraZeneca vaccine shows how robust our, our processes are to make sure that it's very safe. So we paused the vaccine for a week and we've recommenced it again. So that just shows how incredibly... Was that uh, a bit overcautious, do you think? I, I think we followed uh, what was done across Europe. So I, I think it, it was, uh, you know, I think it was a very good decision to make. Um, and we're seeing the benefit of the COVID vaccine. Like we've seen huge numbers, uh, reduction in the numbers of hospital staff getting acquiring COVID and being hospitalized. We've seen a huge reduction in the number of patients uh, being admitted to ICU. So we know the vaccine is really effective at preventing severe disease. E- even great. after the first dose, they've actually noticed that, that even, uh, yeah, yeah, they've noticed a 70% reduction. Yeah. No, okay, we, we and, and to wait until after they've had 10 days or 14 days after of course. the second vaccine, you know. Yeah. But okay, yes, just be cautious. 10 days after the first vaccine, it's highly effective. Okay, and, and finally, there's still a bit of confusion around the advice for pregnant women or women who plan to get pregnant, say, in the coming months who are trying to get pregnant at the moment. What is, what is the advice now in relation to pregnant women? The advice is, firstly, to talk to their GP and their obstetrician, uh, but the vaccine is very safe, very effective. Lots of healthcare staff who are pregnant or planning pregnancy have already been vaccinated, so it's a very safe uh, vaccine. But I would encourage anyone who has questions to contact their GP, contact their obstetrician, uh, for, you know, and then check the HSE website, which is a really good source of reliable information. Listen, thank you very much indeed, Dr. Dermot Quinlan, uh, Medical Director of the Irish College of General Practitioners. So the advice is, you haven't been overlooked, they'll get to you eventually, but if you have a genuine concern, I suppose, you can always contact your GP. Now, let me go if I can to Ella Scanlon. Ella has been on the show before. She has CF. Not that I want to give her a label, by the way, but she has CF. Good afternoon to you, Ella. Hello, how are you getting on, Niall? Good. It sounds like I'm almost saying to you, you're my my CF uh, guest. (laughs) You have a kind of label now this stage, Ella. <laughs> I'll how take we, 
How, well, how are you keeping? Because the last time I spoke to you, we were talking about, of course, with CF. I mean, look, you've spent your whole life, I suppose, being yeah. cautious to some degree. Yeah. So everybody yeah. else is experiencing now what you've experienced throughout your whole I know, life. I know. It's, it's, it's quite funny as well because, you know, people, um, I would have been cautious of people, say, for example, coughing in supermarkets and stuff during flu season and cold season for years upon years. And now... I'll be walking down a, you know, a corridor in the supermarket and I'll cough and people are jumping out of their skin. And it's quite, <laughs> I quite know. Yeah. It's a role reversal. You know? Yeah, do not feel like shouting at them every, every now and again. Now you know what it feels yeah. like. Oh, yeah, there is. There's definitely an element of that for sure. But um, yeah, trying to get it all under control. Thank God for my new medication. I'm actually not coughing as much. But yeah, there's definitely an element. Of so, of I mean, it. has the world made it a better place, I suppose, as much as it's, a, yeah, I suppose, at the moment, it's a disturbance for everybody else, but has it made it a better place for you to live in now? Yeah, well, like, like I haven't had a cold this winter, and usually if I do get a cold, I end up with a chest infection and a hospital admission for, like, two or three weeks. So, like, I've gotten through the winter with no cold, which is fabulous. So, like, yeah, it's definitely... Safer. I'm by no means someone who's, you know, loving lockdown or loving everyone wearing masks, but it is interesting to see, you know. Yeah, yeah, it certainly, it certainly has a, it's been a changed world. But the, the good news yeah. for you, and you were delighted yeah. this morning because you got your vaccine this morning. I did indeed, yeah, I got it this morning. Um, I got the call on Tuesday morning um, from Vincent saying that my appointment was at 10.50 this morning and that I'd be in and out in about 20 minutes, so... Yep. Okay, because, because obviously you're CF, they consider you to be, a, yeah. you know, obviously in the risk yeah. category. Yeah, uh, and by sure. the way, I've looked, I've looked at the figures even in the UK because obviously the bigger population yeah. in relation to people with CF. And there doesn't yeah. seem to be a massive risk to you, but I mean, it's still in all, yeah. there is a risk yeah. there. So, I mean, you're happy to get it. So, I mean, how do you feel? You're still alive. You're still, you're still, I, with, I, I you're still with us. I was only joking there. Like, I haven't developed a third limb or something. <laughs> no. I think it's, quite, it's quite funny that you know, first and foremost, you were terrified of COVID, you know, this time last year, absolutely petrified because of the low lung function, thinking you're absolutely going to get it and you're absolutely not going to come out of it. And then I suppose more recently with the um, AstraZeneca kind of, I I called it a bit of a scandal, I suppose, with the four people um, out of the 20 million um, having that blood clot situation that you're now terrified of the vaccine. So... Mm. You know, I feel... Let, yeah, let's put things physical. into perspective here, folks, yeah. Exactly, yeah. and I was terrified, to be perfectly honest, when I got the call, because I was I was, was told that, you know, we would be either getting Pfizer or the Johnson & Johnson, and then you were told you were getting AstraZeneca. But I think there's an element of having to take a big, deep breath and going, like, where are you finding that information that you're terrified of the uh, AstraZeneca? Like, if you are basing that off of people sharing information on social Facebook, media platforms, yeah. um, you know, you're, you are... Yeah, well, I mean, that's what's happening. I mean, people are looking yeah. at a Facebook post from Mary down the road who knows Johnny, yeah. whose friend grew a third limb, as you said. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it did take me a couple of minutes and I did kind of have to think to myself, okay, am I okay with getting this? And, you know, I talked to my, my, um, my nurses and they said, look, Ella, first and foremost, it's the one that you are being offered. Second of all, like, let's look at the facts here. And I think there's, a, there's an element of, a, of a, almost like a pandemic in itself of people sharing information. It's like, do are you sharing, you know, opinions or are you sharing facts? Um, and mm-hmm. I suppose scaremongering is, is an issue in itself. But delighted now, now that I've actually come home um, and now I have the vaccine, like, I'm beyond delighted to have, I feel like I've kind of uh, crossed the finish line. Yeah. All that marathon, you know, it's been 
a year of trying not to get COVID because uh, first and foremost, I just feel like I'm unlucky, but also I do have cystic fibrosis and diabetes. So I I just didn't feel like I was going to fare well. I know, I you're, like, you're like a magnet for bad health, unfortunately. Exactly, yeah, yeah. like, let's say, yeah, call spade a spade. And so I do feel like I've crossed the finish line and I'm absolutely delighted and I'm very... Well, 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 I suppose, Ella, for you, it's one less thing for you to worry about. Now, don't get me wrong, you still have yeah. to worry about everything else. Yeah. But it's yeah. one less thing for you, hopefully, to worry about. It is, it is for sure. And I think, you know, it's, it's coming in perfect time and... You know, the fact that the vulnerable are getting vaccinated first, it means that those, like, everyone's becoming less vulnerable as the vulnerable get vaccinated. So, very much looking forward to the summer now, to be perfectly honest. Uh, like, and by the way, it's good for everybody else, too, because if I meet you, Ella, I don't have to worry about too much about coughing in front of you because I'm a smoker. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. And I suppose as well, and I, I've said this to even my partner, who, you know, is, has the cleanest bill of health I've ever seen, but... As, as the vulnerable get vaccinated, the general public are becoming less vulnerable. And I suppose we can all, um, as a society, take a deep breath that we're all going to be okay. And yes, it's not happening as quickly as we would like, mm-hmm. but it's happening. You know, and I think a bit of perspective here that it is getting rolled out. And again, yes, maybe not as quickly as, as we would like, but... It is happening. Yeah, but you, you, want, know, you, I, wanted to, you wanted to mention something too about, uh, and by the way, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I forgot to mention, I'm delighted you're back from Australia because the last time I spoke to you, you were heading off to Australia yes, and you yes. were trying to get, um, obviously, the medication My that medication. you require. Yeah, That's yeah. right. And I, I'm assuming that all got sorted out in the end and you managed to get it sorted out in the end, but you managed to get away at the time because it was in the very early stages, of course, of COVID that we spoke yes, to. Yeah, yeah. I did get away. I didn't get my medication. So coming home, I was quite sick, but... Um, yeah, I did get I did get away, and I had a an interesting time being in lockdown in Melbourne, sitting on the same street. They had such um, intense lockdown restrictions very early on. But look, I went to the other side of the world. Like, I didn't see much of it now, but I, I did it. <laughs> yeah, well, look, you did that, but somebody with CF, by the way, that was a bit of a risk yeah. to take. Yeah. But of course, like yeah. everybody who's young, you want to get you want to get around the world, and you know, yeah. there's time to do that. And I suppose that from that point of view, you figured you need to use your time wisely to get yeah. over and experience yeah. that. But I mean, yeah. you want to talk about the scaremongering too, as well, and how you believe that's yeah. affected society. Yeah, like I think it's it's interesting because of how terrified I found myself getting told I was getting the vaccine and really having to consider to myself, like who who has scared me? Like, have I scared myself? And I think there's a massive responsibility on everyone to not just put out this scaremongering information and share posts from, as you said, Mary down the road because it has a massive impact. Um, on you psychologically and I think as I said uh, it just seems to be rampant at the moment and as a a pandemic in itself that you know we're just terrifying each other you know and I think it needs to stop I think it it damages so much like to have full-blown anxiety attacks because you've got the call for the vaccine but it's not the one you wanted but when you base that off of average Joe's and, you, yeah. and then one of your mates sends you a meme with some American yeah. crazy doctor who says, the vaccine's going to kill you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, you have to weigh up all this information that's just coming yeah, into you. You do. you do. And I think, you know, I think it's become very clear this year that mental health is a massive issue um, all over the world. But in this country, like I've zoned in on that massively to the point where like I deleted my Instagram for about six months I uh, was off Facebook because I actually couldn't keep watching people uh, sharing the worst case scenario again and again um, and I have come out of that 
far better. Whereas I see people having, as I said, full-blown anxiety attacks because they are consuming so much of this scaremongering information and not the real information. So, mm. like, the scaremongering story... Well, see, I mean, and as we're speaking, as we're speaking, I've just got a text, right? Woman yeah. in my park, her sister, see, again, we're third party, we're now into the yeah. fourth party, got yeah. the Astra jab, got a blood clot, was rushed to hospital and lucky to be alive. Now, yeah. can I clearly say to people, when you hear these type of stories, and with the greatest respect to Marion, people oh. get blood clots all the time. So this is, and this is so interesting. So well, not, not all the time. When I say people do get blood clots. And, so yeah. I should have stated this actually before I said anything. The reason I had a panic attack was because I have blood clots. I had them for yeah. years um, growing up as, as part of my cystic fibrosis. And again, and another story that I heard, and of course, I don't that doesn't mean, by the way, I want to clarify what Marion sex. That doesn't mean that the, the jab or the vaccine caused the blood clot. You're no, correlating two things. And when you really think about it, if you, and as I said, like taking that moment to think before you share, would our doctors, our GPs um, and our physicians be rolling out a vaccine if they had any inclination that it was going to hurt someone? No, like they, it, they wouldn't be. Um, so, you know, it, it, there, there is an element of, yes, it might happen to some people. And look, I am, it's awful that it has happened to some people, but... It's not the majority. It's not even the minority. It's minute, absolutely minute numbers. And I had to actually ask my nurse. I said, look, I'm really nervous. And she said, it was four in 20 million. Mm. And the minute she said that, and I thought for a second, it was like, yeah. And all I am focusing is on that four. And humans, by nature, think about negative things by nature. It's our disposition. But I think we need to really, in cases like this, with a global pandemic, that we need to really push ourselves to think of the more positive side of things. And by, and and by the way, just to clarify for people, that situation in relation to the blood clots and the AstraZeneca yeah. is constantly being monitored all the time. Yeah. And if anything yeah. at all, we're being overcautious in the way we, yeah. we that, that news is reported. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? And it would be the same with the after effects of the vaccine. Like, how many messages have I received from people being like, you're in for an extremely bumpy ride for the next 24 hours. Like, make sure you've loads of Panadol and make sure you've loads of Salpadine and this, that. And, and how do you feel right now? Here you are four or five hours I later. I feel, I feel totally fine. Um, I definitely don't want to cat, uh, count my chickens before they hatch. However, yeah, and by the way, there is a possibility you could get a temperature. There is a possibility you could get a sore arm. These, these will yeah. be reasonably common side effects. When I say common, not everybody gets them. Exactly, and like you get the same, you get the same side effect from the flu vaccine, which people have been getting for you know decades. Every and, vaccine has and, a side effect. Exactly, and also like, look, I know this is probably saying I sometimes I make things seem light, more lighthearted than they are, but I'm probably going to have had worse hangovers than yeah. the next <laughs> and yep. you know, which is worse? Is it, it 24 hours of not the best? weekend um, praying for rain and watching films as opposed to actually getting COVID. You Absolutely. Know, like, well, look, Ella, I'm delighted. I'm delighted you got it, Ella. It's lovely to talk yeah. to you again on the show. Yeah. And I'm you. sure we'll talk to you again many, many times in the future. Yes, thank you, Niall. Talk to you soon. All right, see you. There you go. Ella Scanlon, who is a sufferer from CF, and I don't like labelling her all the time, but of course the reason that we were talking to her was because, of course, she's in a vulnerable category where her life, her whole life has been looking out I suppose for other people coughing around her, etc., etc., uh, because of course she is vulnerable. Vaccine Watch on Ireland's Classic Hits.